Can we walk this road together? I can't travel it alone. I need someone beside me to help me find my way back home. Hello, this is Dan Prinzen, Executive Director of the Wasmus Center for Human Rights in Boise with Adam Thompson. Hey there. Welcome to Voices of Idaho. Today we're talking with Danielle Crapo, Diversity and Inclusion Ambassador for Wells Fargo, Idaho. Welcome. Thank you. Danielle, such an interesting aspect. When we talk about our education programming, many people associate that our topics or our concepts are applicable only in the classroom, mm -hmm. that these are programs that we're working with students and teachers around the state. But how do you see the whole concept of the spiral of injustice playing out in the workplace. I, well, I love the spiral of injustice and the upstander program in the workplace. There, especially with Wells Fargo, we have DNI being such a huge component of our vision and values that when you come to a place like the Wasman Center and you learn about some of these programs, you really can open up how do you apply them into the workplace? How can language affect what's happening in the workplace. And then how do you, I apply them the upstanders, how do you fix that with using something like the upstander program in the workplace to be able to create change? So do you have particular examples or what might be happening in the workplace that you would showcase, hey, this is a level in the spiral of injustice? Hmm. I have a few. Um, and one that I'm really passionate about is that even your program that not seeing me is not knowing me. Yeah. I love that because a lot of times I'll, I will meet somebody at the workplace. I have a visitor come in and they immediately say, do you have a husband? And so I have to say, then I reply back, oh no, I actually have a wife. So it kind of then starts a conversation of, oh, sorry about that. And then a lot of times it starts going down a road of, um, well, you don't look gay. And so then it's like, well, what does gay look like? And then it's, well, do you mind if I ask you a question? And some of the questions are, you know, should I, should I use the word lesbian or gay? Or, and now all of a sudden I'm in the workplace having a full-blown <laughs> conversation about what verbiage is correct to use. And it kind of falls into this language part, um, which has been really ex <laughs> It's just a weird experience kind of for me to be able to have that conversation. I'm very open and honest, and so I don't care. But, you know, I now I'm expecting a child, and so then that creates the next conversation. Well, do you mind how how this happened? And then you think of 8,000 things it's not appropriate to say out loud, and then I have to kind of, and I'm an open story, so then I want to talk about the IVF process because I feel like we should be able to have all conversation. And that's a hard part, too, I think, with the language is that, I want people to be able to feel comfortable. And then when they ask me the questions even of, you know, what's appropriate verbiage, I'm not even sure why we're having to use verbiage. Exactly. Exactly. Why are we having to couch words? Right. You know, so much, and thank you for making the reference to our Faces of Idaho series, because that's where we begin to identi identify with the program is, I see you, but I don't know you. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden I brought all my 
assumptions, preconceptions, stereotypes mm -hmm. into every conversation. So how does the workplace then allow us to be comfortable in my own identity? Mm -hmm. I am who I am. Right. Do I have to justify who I am? Do I have to explain who I am? Right. And I think that's a conversation that's happening right now in the workplace. I think that's happening all over. And I think, I do think there needs to be a conversation. Um, I think that it takes kind of, Wells Fargo uses a courageous conversation. They use those words. And that's where you can go back to that person and say, you know, when you said this, did you think about this? When you said this, it made me feel like this. You know, a lot of kind of mm -hmm. kind of one-on-one -on -one training of having a conversation, yes. but really going back and, and having that. But I'll tell you, it's a, a little hard if there's inappropriate that's happening. If there's, if there's, if you go to the next level of the avoidance, I experienced that as well. I've, I, I feel like I've experienced that being a female in the workplace, being gay in the workplace, of treated more. Once you start to share that story, if it makes someone uncomfortable, I wonder. Do they then exclude me? <laughs> Am I no longer invited to those after work parties? Am I no longer included in a conversation of making a decision? Um, and so kind of answer your question of how, some of those things is I've worked on building relationships. And I one of my key things I always talk about is grabbing your seat at the table. And, build, and building those relationships is that I want to be a part of this conversation. So how do I build those to get a seat at the table? To have a, and to say, let's talk about it. Let's not be afraid to use a word. Let's not be afraid to ask a question. But then we move on. You don't have to. We don't have to talk about this every time I see you. This is not going to be the single focus of who I am. Right, right. And part of it is, I'll tell you, if I, I think I have some faults of of not having some courageous conversations in the workplace. I believe that you document. You document and so you create a pattern. You show a pattern to be able to raise your hand. And that's something that Wells Fargo also does. They believe they have this huge campaign of you raise your hand. And so I've done that. I've done the documentation at a time. And then I rose my hand and said, I will no longer accept X, Y, and Z. And so I'm telling you. And the next step will be further than that. And, you know, and have I seen a change in some things? I have. Do I wonder sometimes if that's real change? And that's probably the hard part of going through some of what the questions and the conversation is. Is this real? Is this honest? Um, and having to, you know, wait it out and be patient. And I'm not always great at that. The next level is being a part of that DNI component is a passion of mine. And so when I get to stand at the podium at Pride, and speak about grabbing your seat at the table, or when I get to host a council and chair it and talk about building relationships. Uh, those are my passions of ways that I can hope bridge that conversation and to feel really that you can collaborate with each other. This is Emma Ems, Who Am I? The fear, the hateful words trigger a drought of love. Take my rights, see what I become, a shell. What am I without my rights? My life, jobs, in the field picking the cotton just like you are to my soul. My thoughts, all gone. Who am I? Nothing. What can I do? Nowhere for me to go. Leave me in this dark house once filled with memories, now turned to ash. You think this is helping? 
Do you think you know where I've been, who I've lost, what I've seen? I need help, not pain. I have experienced enough. I reach for a warm, helping hand, but I got pushed back into the dark. Listen to me, to my story. Or just know that we aren't as different as you think. The color on our skin doesn't define us. With my rights to sustain me, I know who I am. Your words bounce off me. We need to overcome and fight for each other. My rights are yours too. Look into the mirror. See what you've become. Take your pain and replace it with courage. Help others gain their rights instead of taking them. Daniel, I like the uh, the whole picture it creates of everyone has a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. That the table is big enough for everyone within the company to participate, mm-hmm. to be present, and to be accountable. What then becomes the role of the company or is it the role of just individual employees to be the upstanders, to make room at that table? I think there's a huge role in the company. And I believe, you know, leadership is, this is where leadership comes in and is so important. It's where leadership, I believe, needs that training. And we call a lot of times we have this module of the frozen middle. They have high-level executives and, you know, they say we support diversity and inclusion. And that's great. And then you have these team members kind of at the bottom saying we support diversity and inclusion but you have these managers in the middle and they're kind of day in and day out doing their job and are they really focusing on the dni component you know i heard a speaker once say we're we're wanting to we have you know six squares blue squares that we're hiring and but we need diversity so we're going to go get a red circle i think i've told you this before and then we go get this red circle and we bring them into the workplace and then we say fit in the blue square (laughs) And so that, and that manager, you know, is, are those, are those frozen, that frozen middle, are they to blame? I, I don't think so. I think it, it takes the team member and the executives to come together. And that's where if you all have a seat at the table, you can help bridge that gap and provide that knowledge of what that is to all speak the same language and allow not the red circle to have to be in a blue square. Is the workplace changing? I think it is. I really appreciate it. I, for example, I went to a lunch and I work with somebody. I just see him at meetings here and there. And I said something about my wife and he said, I didn't know you had a wife. And I said, yeah. And he said, cool. And we moved on. And he, he just learned something about me that day. Mm-hmm. And that to me was, a, that's even just a change. That's we, end of conversation. And I'm happy for that. I'm happy that, you know, you don't have to walk into a room of a, of a high-level community meeting and wonder, should I identify? You just are. Right, I just am. And you're an employee. Mm-hmm. And you're a member of your community. And soon to be a mother. Right. And all the various hats that we as individuals wear. Right. You get to bring all of them to the table. Right. Thanks. Is there a particular quote that draws you in the memorial? As we said, we are surrounded by words, and the words have power. Uh, you you began by talking about the impact of language. So is there a quote in the memorial that speaks to you? Yes. I've come here a few times. I've, I've come here with my some of my leadership team. And one of our activities we do is have them take away with their favorite quote. And then we go sit around a table and we talk about it over a meal. 
and this is my favorite one, is I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Mm -hmm. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. Ellie Bazell speaking out from the stones of the memorial. What a reminder to us all. I swore never to be silent. Is that your role as a DNI ambassador? It is. To never be silent. And the neutrality, you know, sometimes you think we shouldn't say anything. It's not our business. No, we're, we are encouraging the oppressor. And that's, we no longer should be doing that. We need to stand up and say something. Danielle, thank you. That's why we're going to continue to echo, not in my town, not in my state. Idaho is too great for hate. With you right here beside me, we'll find our home with peace again. Our concept of an upstander was born out of our work with Rose Bill, a Holocaust survivor. It was when Rose was recounting her stories of being 11 when Hitler came to power and she would talk about standing there and those who had been her friends or her peers yesterday became her tormentors today. And no one stood up to protect her. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Wasman Center Podcast. Big thank you to Daniel Crapo for coming on the podcast and talking about having a conversation in the workplace. That clip you just heard was from Dan and I's next episode where we talk about how the Wasma Center defines being an upstander. You can hear that episode next Monday, September 30th. The Voices of Idaho is created by Dan Prenzing and produced and edited by me, Adam Thompson. Thanks and see you next week.